The entire fantasy community is talking about A.J. Dillon, whether it's podcasts, YouTube, articles, Twitter. It doesn't matter. He's a topic of discussion. You are listening to the Clock Dodgers podcast. Let's talk about it. Cannot play with him. Cannot win with him. Cannot go with him. Can't do it. You play with me. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. Now locked in to the Clock Dodgers podcast. Clock Dodgers podcast. Welcome to the Clock Dodgers podcast. I am your host Neil Maligno. With me is none other than Josh Crocker. What's up, Josh? Hey, Neil. Listen, man, the internet is a buzz right now about AJ Dillon. They are going crazy because the Packers didn't franchise tag Aaron Jones. He didn't get a new deal yet. Jamal Williams may not return to the Packers. So obviously this makes AJ Dillon a topic of discussion across all fantasy circles. And I know me and you were in a couple group chats together. I seen you ranting and raving about it and everyone kind of discuss it. And some people have him, you know, really, really high. Some people have tempered expectations on him. So we're going to run down what happened, what changed and what's next for AJ Dillon. Are you down for that, Josh? Yeah, of course I am. I'm excited about this, man. I'm excited. So let's talk about what happened in 2020 with AJ Dillon. I just mentioned two guys, which were Aaron Jones and Jam- and uh, Williams, Jamal Williams. They were the RB1 and RB2 in Green Bay last year. So the rookie didn't get a ton of work, not to mention he also had um, some COVID-19 list uh, games where he didn't get to play. So... He kind of ran through the whole gamut, man. Starters, you know, veteran starters in front of him, COVID-19, rookie season, shortened off season. He kind of had all the issues you could potentially run into. And not to mention, you're a running back coming into the league and you have to be trusted um, to have, you know, ball security. And can you protect the quarterback? And can you pick up blitzes? And there's a lot of concerns that, you know, a, a guy needs to be able to, to prove. And you got a vet quarterback who doesn't, you know, who, who expects perfection also. So, A.J. Dillon had a lot to, you know, step into as far as how A.J. Dillon did and how he fared uh, in relation to other past running backs or guys that you've looked into and compared him to. Um, what What is the uh, the gist, the you know, the the the, the, the basically the, res- the, the the results that you get when you pull your numbers and everything you're looking at? Well, so so first of all, if we if we just look at what happened last year, you know, Aaron Jones led the team in, in opportunity by a long shot and Jamal Williams had about half of what Aaron Jones had. And, and then AJ Dillon, uh, you know, depending on which set of numbers you want to prioritize, like he, he could have been seen as being number four behind Tyler Irvin. You know, Tyler Irvin had more expected points, more valuable opportunity than AJ Dillon. Now, you know, Tyler Irvin never, uh, got the workload like AJ Dillon did for that one game late in the season. Right. But I just, I think it's problematic that, that AJ Dillon was so deep on the depth chart that he got so little of the team's opportunity behind guys that we know are, are not great. And so then, you know, I, I pulled up, I pulled up his 
season and, and, and just found some, some close comparisons for it. Right. And so he's, he was around just off the top of my head. I don't have it in front of me. I have the names in front of me, but not his stats. He was around like five carries. I think he was um, around two targets a game, maybe less than that. And so if you, if you compare that, to other guys in year one, you get names like David Wilson, who had some good seasons, Philip Turner, Carlos Hyde, Justin Jackson, Corey Clement, Lamar Miller, CJ Procise. Like this is just looking at guys who did what he did year one. It's it's not good. Yeah, you know, and, that's not that's not a good list. It's not necessarily a great list. <laughs> I mean, Carlos Hyde. Had a, had a good season in there, at least one uh, RB1 season, but it was just, you know, kind of a last man standing, gross volume, inefficient kind of a season. You know, it, David Wilson didn't have a very long career. I mean, Lamar Miller, we all know the Lamar Miller story. And you said Philip who? Turner. Who I, I have no idea who Philip Turner is. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Philip Lindsay or something. You know, you got you ain't kind of you know far off the uh, off the common list of, of players, man. <laughs> so Philip Lindsay came up in his comps, but Philip Lindsay got. I think he had he had too little passing volume. Gotcha. I I, can't, I remember I remember him coming up. No, I'm sorry. That was a James Robinson deal. He, I was, he was in the James Robinson comp group, but, but he didn't have enough passing volume, in my opinion, to be a good comp. I did some quick research here, and it was Philip Tanner. Oh, and, okay. And it wasn't pretty, man. Philip Tanner did not a recognizable name for a reason. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't like these numbers, Josh. I don't like some of these names. I don't like this comparison. Um. I guess right. the question that comes to mind when you bring up stuff like this and when we talk heavily about his production from last season, the question we have to ask ourselves, right, is that did he have this limited workload and production because he wasn't good? Was it because he had, you know, players that the team trusted in front of him and were, you know, set already on giving all the work to, you know, what was the reason for it? Um, if we go off just what you're what you're giving us here, then we're saying it's because of how bad he was, right? I like I just what's I don't know another way to explain <laughs> got less volume than Tyler Irvin. Yeah, that that is weird. Um, when did Tyler Irvin get that work? I wonder. Um, I haven't actually looked too deep into Tyler Irvin, but I wonder if it was when, um, when he was at, when you know, and AJ was out with the COVID situation, if that's when he, you know, had some carries. That's kind of crazy to say that he had as many carries as him, though. It doesn't even sound believable. It was, it was expected points. Tyler Irvin was just ahead of him in expected points. And it looks like Tyler Irvin had one one good week in week nine where he was an RB2. Okay. And, like, Tyler Irvin was less efficient than A.J. Dillon was. So I, I don't think it's really fair to say that Tyler Irvin outplayed him or anything like that. Yeah. But like, why, why couldn't he get more volume than this? Why is, if he would have even just gotten Jamal Williams volume, then his year one would be comparing to Derrick Henry instead of, 
you know, Ronald Jones. Yeah. And just to create context for people, he rushed for two. He had 46 rushing attempts, 242 yards, two touchdowns, um, only two receptions for 21 yards. And uh, I don't think he had, did he have, yeah, he scored two touchdowns reception wise too, right? Um, he had four touchdowns in that game. Damn. Didn't he really? In the week 16 game, he had four right? oh, maybe, 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 I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. it can't be. No, he only no, had no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No touchdowns. Just just uh, two rushing touchdowns. Okay, so, um, all right. So, two rushing touchdowns. So, I mean, that was a big game. And that game, you know, a lot of people are going to use this, especially people who want to be optimistic about A.J. Dillon and say, hey, that's who A.J. Dillon is. They're going to say, hey, I don't care about, you know, the fact that when he wasn't getting workload – the only time they gave him 20 plus carries or double digit carries, he produced with it. And your argument to that is what, Josh? Like, do you have an argument against that? I mean, is there anything that, you know, that you could really say, except you don't think he's going to get the workload in 2021 either? I mean, because a lot of people are going into this saying, hey, he's the starter in Green Bay next year. And if he's the starter, that automatically means work. And I seen him his one opportunity with true work he produced. Does that make sense? Yeah, so my argument to that would be that, like, last year, DeAndre Washington did really well when he got volume for the Raiders, and it just didn't mean anything. Now, DeAndre Washington isn't uh, a second-round draft pick, but if we're going to say that uh, A.J. Dillon has this inherent value because he's a a second-round draft pick, then why didn't he get volume all year long? Like it just it just doesn't make sense to me. The the one the one week of production, like lots of guys do that. You know, Savon <laughs> Ahmed did that. All right. I mean, I, I understand where you're coming from. DeAndre Washington didn't do it with the Raiders last year because he didn't play for the Raiders. Uh, but I don't know if you're talking about in two thousand nineteen, maybe. Where I guess have... I was. Sorry okay, about that. That's fine. That, he he got he got volume for two or three weeks and did really well with it. Yeah. And then they dealt him and he was off the team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Again, man, the difference with AJ Dillon and anybody else that we're going to talk about is, I mean, going to the what changed part, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, both potentially not with Green Bay anymore. And we can't ignore the fact that they were with Green Bay in 2020. Like it just can't be that there's something to, Again, man, I know not everyone wants to put stock in the shortened offseason training camp, the, you know, Zoom training camps or whatever they were doing. Um, the fact that this guy's a rookie coming in. I mean, look at look at the Colts, right? If Marlon Mack didn't get hurt, how long would it have taken Jonathan Taylor to play, man? Like, re- honestly, like Marlon Mack was playing the first game of the year nonstop. Hines was playing. Jonathan Taylor was not getting work, and it was the first game of the year, and he was this, you know, enormously loved running back who produced crazy in college. But he didn't come in and just – they didn't just hand him the ball and say, here you go, buddy. You're better than everyone else here. Um, just go ahead and run with it. So, I mean, how, who, who knows how that would have played out if Marlon Mack was playing well and was getting all the work. You know, they would have eased Jonathan Taylor in here and there and, you know, eventually maybe would have took over. But – A.J. Dillon, man, he didn't take over. That's what you're going to say. Again, there was the COVID situation. He was out for like five games. Um, And then not to mention there's two running backs in front of him who are young and that the team does like. So I I feel like – and the way this coach is, he's a different kind of coach. There's just too much 
like what ifs and and stipulations and and situations in front of AJ Dillon for me to just completely act like this guy is not you know gonna do well. Now I'm not. I'm probably not gonna end up with AJ Dillon on my teams because I'm just not gonna draft him probably when when people want him. Um, if, if people are predicting him to be you know a top twelve running back or RB one or you know whatever the situation is, how, depending on how how crazy people get with him, I may not end up with a lot of AJ Dillon shares on my teams. Um, but I'm also not gonna you know knock him and say that he's not you know, a good running back or he's not going to produce well um, with, with everything that's potentially changing here, Josh, what are you saying? you think AJ Dillon is going to be next year? I, I think the, I think the most likely outcome is that he continues to lose volume to, to somebody else that's there. Like I think they bring in competition. Maybe it's low draft capital people, but I think that, He's looking at a ceiling that's more like Carlos Hyde than what people want it to be. I don't think he's I don't think he's ever gonna be an Aaron Jones. Like I Aaron Jones was just more active in the passing game. Right. And maybe AJ Dillon has talent that we've not seen yet, but I'm just I'm just not of the of the philosophy, I guess, that that you count on it without seeing it, without seeing any evidence of it. Right. This is fascinating to me. So, I mean, all right. So as far as, you know, we, we talked about what he's done. We're talking about what's changing. Really the only things changing are Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams not being there. Like everything else with this offense, we're assuming is going to stay as it is. And, and when we go, when we get to the what's next part, you're saying that this team is either going to draft a running back or sign a free agent who is going to make AJ Dillon basically not even a factor in fantasy football. Are you saying like, okay, Jamal Williams last year in PPR, let's just say, um, finished uh, barely, I believe. Oh, no, actually barely in the top 40 um, at running back. Do you, are you saying he's he's that or are you saying he's less than that? Like what are you saying here? I think, I think RB40 is probably like a 20th percentile outcome. But I think that his 80th percentile outcome is probably RB20. Because okay. I just don't – all it takes is a Jamal Williams landing on this team to to put this guy on the bench, I think. So he's like an RB2? What, what was that? Is he an RB2? Yeah, I think, I think, I think that's, that's where I would be considering taking him. If I could get him for a, a low-end RB2 – I would feel like there was enough of a chance there for that to pay off. I mean, there is a chance that he just gets the volume that they just decide to give him the volume and he's an RB one, but it's, it's like a, it's one in five or less. And, and it's just not, I just feel like he's way overpriced for the chance that he has of getting that volume. Right. So, you're 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 basically saying that all these things are true possibilities, but that you're never going to draft him in a place where he's RB one material. So you're probably not going to ever get him. Neither will I. Um, but just to kind of give listeners an idea, in that you know RB two range, I'm kind of curious, like where you feel comfortable saying, you know, if he's there, I believe he could produce like this. Um, Next next season you're in a draft, 
and you and you're feeling hard out for a running back, you're like, I really need to get another running back on this team. Are you picking JD McKissick or or, or AJ Dillon? I would go with AJ Dillon because okay. I think I think that they could, but but also oh no, never mind. I was I was thinking of Antonio Gibson there for a second, but um, <laughs> like I feel like AJ Dillon has has it in his range of outcomes to take on the majority of the work, and I think JD McKissick his ceiling is probably just getting the 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 smaller slice, but the more efficient slice. Right. Okay. Here here's an interest an interesting one. A guy that both of us like, we both like a lot. We like him more than I would say the consensus would be in the fantasy community as a whole. And he gets plenty of hate. David Johnson or AJ Dillon? That's tough. That, I, I, feel, think... I feel like that's the spot right there. Like that's where I'm at. Yeah, I, I think that's appropriate. I think that's where he should be going. Maybe a few picks ahead of David Johnson. I, okay. You know, A.J. Dillon probably has a ceiling that's ahead of David Johnson. That doesn't seem like a crazy thing to say. But David Johnson has a floor that's, I think, far above A.J. Dillon's. Yes, yeah, see, see, so, like, we both kind of – it sounds like we agree where our comfort level is with A.J. Dillon. It just feels like your floor is way lower and my floor is higher. Not not that my floor is super high, but it just I just feel like – Basically, you have an idea that there's a chance that A.J. Dillon could be, you know, you have a chance in your mind that A.J. Dillon could be absolutely nothing, basically. <laughs> and I don't have that. Like, I don't I don't, I don't see the scenario where A.J. Dillon doesn't matter at all. Um, I don't feel like he's I, I, I don't know. I don't feel like there's a place for that for him. Like, I just don't feel like he's going to be irrelevant, um, whether they sign another running back, whether they draft another running back. Um, I just don't feel like that's an outcome possibility for AJ Dillon, but it seems like that's where you're at, that you believe he, there is a possibility that it happens. So, you know, I, I, can't, I feel like I can't see you ever, if it was between David Johnson and him or in that range, that you'll ever draft AJ Dillon. I don't know. I, I, I probably would over over David Johnson because I, I feel like the ceiling, the ceiling is on AJ Dillon. Like David Johnson, I like him in my lineup as an RB3 around pick 60 i just feel like he's going to give me a few weeks you know like like old jets matt forte gave us a few weeks Lashawn mccoy when he came to the chiefs gave us a few weeks right like that's i'm comfortable with david johnson because i feel like he can do that but with aj Dillon, like the sure the the ceiling is higher but he might also be carry on johnson like, ouch I, I don't want to and believe I feel it. like that's that's more based in evidence than the hype he's getting. <laughs> Carrion Johnson was a a, a year. Uh, I'm sorry, a second round pick who didn't have a lot of production year one. Tell whatever story you like. He didn't work out. Like the only difference is he was a lion, and no yeah. lion works out at running back. I mean, when Eddie Lacy went down the tubes they blamed green bay i don't think it was really green bay's fault like i don't i'm not sure that it's the lion's fault that carry on's bad yeah i i my thing with aj Dillon is like i don't know what kind of workload he's going to get this team and this coaching staff you know clearly doesn't um necessarily believe in like you know one running back 
you know, they ride that guy and it doesn't stop. Like this isn't a, you know, Josh Jacobs type of situation or, you know, a, a situation where, you know, I feel confident in saying, Hey, this guy is just going to get all the workload and there's nothing else about it. Like no one else is going to interfere with this guy. I don't believe that. Um, I definitely feel like he's sharing this workload, you know, some way or another, but I just feel like the, the, the Packers offense has so much opportunity in it, man. Like there's just so much space, you know, for someone to do really well there. And I mean, look at Aaron Jones, man. Like, are, are you telling me that you think Aaron Jones is a super, super, super talented running back? Or do you feel like he just got all the work? I feel like he's very talented. And, and really, if you look at Aaron Jones, you know, the way that the Packers handled him, like he didn't get the volume right away either. And so maybe the Packers have a reputation, a track record for not giving the ball to the best running back right away. But mm, but there we're, was... We're, we're, we're unraveling something here, Josh. I, don't know. I just I just feel like there was more in the Aaron Jones profile, like pass catching ability. Yeah, he he had like 200 carries last year and like 60 receptions. So yeah. you don't feel like AJ Dillon can do either of that. Do you think AJ Dillon can't catch the ball at all? You know, I don't think it's really a catching issue. I think it's I think it's an ability to get open downfield thing. Yeah, because that could really make or break him. Obviously. Um, Derrick Henry gets two to three targets a game. You know, AJ Dillon can get two to three targets a game if he's out there for enough snaps. But I think that's that's where, based on what we've seen, that's what the expectation should be. We shouldn't expect that they're going to make him into Aaron Jones. Yeah. I know this would be a lot easier for you to, to deal with, man, if he took Jamal Williams' work last year, man. It would be. Oh yeah. That's that's the big sticking point for you right now. I know it. Like I know that's the, that's the thing that hurts. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Because then he would look his, his year one would look like Derrick Henry's year one. Yeah. I wish there would be less talk about his legs too. (laughs) Those legs are thick. (laughs) It gets all the attention. I he gets a lot of shit for not being able to pick shorts that fit him, <laughs> but I'm not sure that there are shorts that fit that. Yeah, I, I remember even last year when he came in, like the coach was talking about, like the floor was like, never seen a, I never seen a running back built like that. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's a it's a fascinating uh, you know thing. That everyone just can't get their uh, attention off of. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. I, I I feel you know as we close this thing out, and we just you know I like to close out the 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 what happened what changed what's next you know with our what our prediction of sorts um there is still things because we're still early in the offseason that can really change aj Dillon's outlook like you said they can draft a running back you know fairly early or just one as talented that we all you know know is really good could be really good they could add a free agent um i don't know what type of free agent running back would would throw me off in a big way um, with this like i don't know what caliber that free agent has to be of a running back for me to start getting like super concerned about it there, there's some decent ones out there but and, and they can definitely you know like man imagine they sound like a chris carson or something like it'll just get too crazy for me that man um and, and and that's the risk like if you're drafting him right now or you're trying to trade for him or you're doing anything of the sort like 
it, you know, we, we know that you can get, they can get running backs in the NFL at a pretty decent price that are pretty damn good. It's not hard to acquire a free agent running back, you know, that's, that's super talented without like breaking the bank and like, you know, spending all this money. Like there's some really good running backs out there who come, you know, quote unquote cheap. So they could definitely sign someone who would kind of make me, you know, raise an eyebrow and be concerned about, you know, how much work he's going to get. But I just feel confident in the offense. I feel confident they're going to score a lot of points, obviously. You know, Aaron Jones. And I'm also one of those guys where it's like when someone leaves, I don't immediately say, oh, well, you know, the next guy in line has to get all that work. But I just feel like there is obviously a lot of work being left on the table when Aaron Jones leaves and if Jamal Williams leaves. So, yeah, man, even if Jamal Williams returns, I'm confident that A.J. Dillon is a starter. Um, That's that's where I'll put it in terms of how confident I am in A.J. Dillon. Um, but I will, like I said, as I close out my opinion on this, I won't get him in many cases because I'm not going to draft him as early as it's going to be required. I'm also not going to draft him over a lot of guys who, you know, just, I feel a little bit better about. Um, so that, that's how I feel about it. One, one more guy I want to throw at you, JK Dobbins or AJ Dillon. Oh, Dobbins. Dobbins for sure. all day. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. So as we close it out, Josh, give us your last and final take that you want to emphasize and get across on A.J. Dillon. Obviously, again, I know this is a little little early, but I want to know what your take is right now since he's all the rage, he's all the discussion, and people are getting crazy with it. Um, So I want to know, as we close this thing out, what's the the main point you want to get across here? The the same assumption that leads you to buying A.J. Dillon is the handcuffing assumption. Like Just because the guy's there, doesn't mean that he's going to be able to step up and fill the load. Usually the handcuff ends up splitting work with somebody else that, you know, Alexander Madison loses work to Mike Boone and Matt Asiata. It it just, it doesn't work out. Like buying AJ Dillon is handcuffing, even though Aaron Jones is leaving. Mm -mm -mm. I'm not, I, I just, man, I think you're being a little too tough on AJ Dillon. I think you're being a little too tough, Josh. What it, what what will it take? What will it take to soften your approach on AJ Dillon? What's gonna have to happen? Oh, like week one, he gets all the touches. <laughs> That's what happens, and I go, "Well, shit, I was wrong." <laughs> uh, and listen, I, we we've been talking about you doing a lot of best ball lately. I know you're gonna get AJ Dillon on some teams. Maybe I know you can't have no shares. You, <laughs> you got some shares. You probably already have some shares. Right now, I have all the David Johnson and none of the AJ Dillon. Mix it up a little bit, Josh. Diversify those funds, man. Diversify those investments. I I feel like ADP will change enough between now and then to diversify me. I'll be forced to make different decisions. All right. Well, we can't talk about anybody else on this episode because this is AJ Dillon's episode. Uh, We have more coming, obviously. We have a lot going throughout the offseason and and leading up to the the season start. So um, this was AJ Dillon's episode, man. I feel like Josh was – I'm curious. I want to see what Twitter says. I want to see what the listeners say. I want to see how they respond to this um, in the group chats and everywhere else. I want to see if they feel like Josh was too hard on A.J. Dillon, man. Um, because, again, we both agree on, like, where his potential lies, where we feel most comfortable, like, at the, like the, the highest chance probability of that being where he ends. But you just have a way lower ceiling for him than I understand. It's imaginable to me. So I'm curious if, you know – Everyone is by the time this episode comes out, everyone's still crazy over him. RB one, you know, he's going to be an elite. He's just replacing Aaron Jones. Or if there's going to be some people who go, no, no, Josh is right. Like 
this could totally the bottom could totally fall out on this one. Um, I'm curious to hear what people, you know, where, where the majority lies on that. Um, so we'll see. Um, other than that, Josh, anything else you want to say before we close this bad boy out, man? I had a fun time talking with you, Neil. Always I know, man. Do. You always do, Josh. You don't got to <laughs> tell me that, man. You don't got to tell me, Josh. I know that. You can go leave a five-star review and tell me it, though, Josh. I, I, I've already reviewed the show. Oh, damn it. All right. Yeah, we cheat. We do that sometimes here, you know? Sometimes you got to give yourself some encouragement, you know, some confidence. Leave yourself a nice little review. Um, just disguise it under like a grandmother or something, but uh, you gotta do that once in a while. I understand, man. I respect it. But if you don't want to buy students' phones and review, <laughs> bro, you okay. should have your whole class do it one day, like give them all extra credit. <laughs> like, listen, everyone who goes and leaves a five star review and sends a screenshot will get 10 bonus points on the exam. Boom, bro. Maybe you gotta give them a free hundred or something. You gotta give them something really encouraging. You know, yeah. they don't want they don't want ten uh, points. I'll, I'll, I won't cheap out on the ten points, dude. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll make it worthwhile. Make it. A, oh, you know, you know the words that always got scary. I'll make it a test grade. Ooh, them shit's no, way no, heavy. No, Those things are way really heavy. Graders moving is extra recess. <laughs> oh, there we go. Extra <laughs> recess, extended lunch. I'm gonna bring a <laughs> snack for everybody. Gets crazy, man. Gets crazy. Gets flooding in. Yes. <laughs> So if you're if you're from Josh's class listening, and if you're not, go leave us a five star review. We appreciate those as always. Subscribe to the show. I've been mixing in some YouTube videos. If you can subscribe on YouTube, that'd be nice. That'd be cool. That'd be really awesome. Um, other than that, guys, as always, you can find Josh at JC Crocker. You can find me at Clock Dodgers, and you know the deal. As always, be kind, be great, keep dodging.